All right. Here we go. Weekly sit down. Been so crazy. Wow. No, I texted Jesse before and he never got back to me. He's just I guess he's just done. Nah, he's he's like, um, it's been so crazy today. I'm so sorry. I'm still not done. I guess he's like at a meeting or something. This is the dude we were supposed to po- we were supposed to interview? No, no, no. Oh no, that's someone else. His name's Phil. Uh he's an actor. He was supposed to come on. And what happened, Phil? I don't know. I think he I might have dropped the ball. I don't know. He he sent me a message yesterday with his cell phone number. And then like two hours ago I answered and said, Can you do Skype? And then he never answered. Oh. So you were supposed to call him yesterday? No. For the show. Like for the interview I was supposed to call him. But I said, Can you do Skype instead? And I guess he was like, That's it. Last straw. No No one one makes me call when I want to Skype or Skype when I want to call. No one makes me Skype. Mm, No one has seen this face. What? No one has seen this face. Why is my mic so low? Like I hear you great, but I'm also a foot away from you. No, that's. I'm saying like it's showing up on the computer really low, but how's mine looking? No, oh. yours is amazing. Like, it's one of the best I've ever seen. <laughs> no, you're making me blush. <laughs> Let me find where this leads to, this wire. See, this is why we got to get out of the hood and into a studio. Yeah, but this is what's making us humble, so sit down. You're, you're feeling humble? I am feeling humble, so. And this is a nice feng shui you got. We have, like, half this room looks like we're in a jungle safari. And then there are paintings on the wall that are taking me to the jungle safari. The jungle. And I just there we go. No- I just noticed that your whole feng shui of this room now is jungle garden. They call me. Yeah, there we go. Now I'm now I'm I'm good on there. Yeah, this is totally jungle garden feng shui. Yeah, well, these that's Hawaii. Did you paint these pictures? Yeah, on the wall, <laughs> of course. These look like the wine class paintings that you go and. You drink a bottle of wine with, and they all teach you how to paint the same picture. These are all orig- Joe Rizzo originals. Joe Rizzo originals? Oh, God. So, on the left, you'll see here. That was my first trip to Abawahu Falls. You, I totally see you setting it up with the with the stencils and all, and just getting <laughs> in there, and just like... The middle one? Eyeing yourself, you're wearing a beret. Wait, you think we drew those? I think you did. No, those are real. Those are real. From Hawaii. Oh, really? So someone in Hawaii drew them. Yeah, yeah. Some artist, they signed them. Really? No, she signed them. Julie Taylor. Shout out. Shout out to Julie Taylor for making the jungle feng shui in (laughs) Joe Rizzo's house. Could you imagine she heard that and was like, whoa, whoa, I made it, mom. I'm on the weekly sit down. Now the dude just hit me up. What did he say? Yes. Yes? Let's get him in here, then. He's like, yes. Let's get him in. This is fine, because we have to do one of these, like, pre-conversations anyway. I got to find my iPad now. To introduce him. My iPad is is for Skype. Where is that? I don't know. Where art thou iPad? It's in my car. While you go get that, I'm going to think of a song that would, like, correctly represent Phil. 
Phil the fireman. Phil's an actor. Fireman actor, maybe. Is he a fireman or is he just doing a fireman movie? That's some questions we're gonna have to ask him. I gotta I gotta pick Phil the Fireman's brain. (laughs) Hold on. Hey Phil, great to have you on, bud. How you doing? What a six point three. Dookie and the fart. (laughs) Welcome to Joey and the Fart. (laughs) 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 What was that? That stinks. Sounds like our next guest. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Phil, the actor out of the hat. You should do this more often. Why don't you what? talk like that more often? My game show voice. It's a great game show voice. Uh, hey. Hello. Hello. Contestant number one. Come on, Dad. <laughs> Coming from North Dakota. We got Phil Adams, North Dakota. All right, wait. Let's see where he is. He hasn't added me yet. If he takes too long, I mean, we should just... Just do our own thing until he answers, you know? I'm down. So, like, what's going on with you? With me? Yeah. Are we on air still? Yeah, we're on. Oh, damn. Is that the, is, is our fucking whole game show? Yeah. Like, oh, damn you. Why? You don't like that? No, I love it. Uh, I, just did, I just don't I didn't know we were in. I'm glad I <laughs> held all back all my terrible comments. No, you're good. No, I'm joking. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, everything is good. I just got back from California. Weekend was freaking dope. Dose of Mimosas got to play U-Boom Festival. Yeah. And uh, we got to stay at this beautiful house in Dana Point, like right on the water with like, there's a beach like a block away from us. It was a, it was a really nice thing. The driving sucked. He yeah, sent the request. The driving was bad though. Yeah, no, it was pretty rough. It was like a hour and 45 minute drive both ways every night so i did about like eight hours of driving in like the three four days i was there oh here we go all right i'm gonna call him right now we'll get back to that it's all good that was about it i'm excited to meet with phil bring it on phil Come on, Phil. All right. Is he almost here? What? Oh, wait, I was waiting. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hey, Joe. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Great, man. Had a wonderful day. How are you? Uh, my day's going great. You're on. Uh, we're on right now. I'm with uh, my co-host Joey. Hey, what's going on, Phil? Another Joe? Yeah, easy for you. Jay, Joey and Joe. So super easy for you. Oh, I'm a big fan of your work, guys. I listened to I think six of your podcasts already. Oh, awesome! Thank you so much. What'd you think? Yeah, it's really it's really interesting. All the clientele you've had on the show. Yeah, it's been a pretty weird uh, array of people, right? Good, unique group. All from I really like the idea of that one guy who I heard last time. Uh, he was from the UK, and he has a he has an app, app uh, that's a shout out for music and all that. Yep, that's one of the guys that we uh, that I work with essentially too with the uh, with the tattoo app that I'm developing. 
Oh, so you help him to develop the app? Yeah, so the company that uh, develops his, his app also develops my app, and now Joe is actually developing an app with them too. Uh, it's funny because I have five myself that are just sitting in my uh, my little notebook unused. Well, you now have someone. This is what Shaper and this podcast is all about is connecting each other. If you ever, if you have some ideas, bring them our way. I would love to, you know, shop them around and see what's uh, see what my development team thinks. I, I would really like to know, Joe, what how to pronounce uh, the name of the app that we sort of cross paths on. I think it's Shaper, right? Shaper. I think I don't know. I say shape, but you might be right. It's it's just it's a the worst name. I don't understand. Shaper, it. maybe it's like shaping, like <laughs> shaping your. Uh... I know the PR stands for public relations. I'm sure, like, right? Yeah, like shaping your shaping your like... shaping your relationship with people. Uh, ship shape maybe, but sharper. I I I keep calling it shaper. Oh, it's <laughs> probably sharper. It's probably sharper. That sounds a no, little more. No, that sounds a little more fleek. Yeah, there's no R, so it can't be sharper. Oh really? Which is kind of dumb. Yeah, I don't really get it. That's a bit of an oxy. It's great though. <laughs> I've, I've booked so many guests from it so far, like four or five. I, that's really awesome, man. I tell you what, I've actually, um, well, one of the first guys I actually crossed paths with. His name is Sean Slater. He lives here in New York City, and uh, he's a writer, and. Uh, my profile picture is unique because it's actually a, a still shot image of a feature film that I got a part be a part of last year, and uh, Sean oh. Slater is actually good friends with the director of that film. Oh, nice! What was the name of the film? Uh, it's uh, starring Robert Pattinson, and it's called Good Time. Hmm. Sounds familiar. I've, I'm pretty sure I've, I've heard it's it's coming out. Uh, it did get released uh, this past summer. And uh, it, it became a little bit more well-known here in New York in early August. And I believe now it's gone national. And, and uh, I think it's actually playing in China right now as well. Oh, that's awesome. What was your role in the – what was, like, your character in the uh, in the movie? It was uh, – well, I really wish I could call it a character, but <laughs> I think it was just pure luck because uh, I'll tell you a good story. Um, I guess it was uh, a little over a year and a half now. It was in March of 2016. And uh, as a working actor, I, treat, I, try, I got a hunt down for work. So I got involved with Actors Access, and uh, I got the yearly subscription for, like, I think 60 bucks and change. But what ended up happening was um, I booked a role uh, as just a background actor for an undercover cop, not knowing anything, but it's a paycheck. And um, when I get there, I go through costume, brought my own, and next thing you know, I see the guy from Twilight coming into the room. And I immediately uh, call my wife on our, our break. And I'm like, honey, you're not going to believe who's here. The main, so I told her the main dude? The main guy? The main, Robert yeah. Pattinson. And she's like, oh. yeah, she's like, oh, the vampire. That's Robert Pattinson, honey. <laughs> so so um, that was actually uh, in the early days of my engagement. And then uh, a couple months later, um, I got to go to Brazil. I got married to my wife. And I didn't come back for another two months on my honeymoon. And... Uh, what ended up happening when I came back in September of 2016, uh, that same company called me back and they said they had to do uh, some pickup shots. So what ended up happening was um, I go back as the same detective looking undercover cop, but uh, that whole scene was a big um, uh, undercover bust and we made the, uh, it was just pretty much making an arrest, but they didn't actually have the arrest shot 
done uh, earlier on that, that year. So they had to add it on that September. And uh, the stuntman who made the actual tackle to Robert Pattinson's stuntman, he couldn't show up that day. So they ended bu- bumping me up, and now I look like the guy who tackled Robert Pattinson. <laughs> what? That's super cool. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so I ended up um, getting uh, into the final cut. Um, I, I haven't got a chance to see the film because I was out of town at least. And um, I'm still like in close touch with the directors, and uh, I'm hoping to just uh, get a copy on DVD just so I could save like 80 bucks for going for the movie for me and my wife. <laughs> you went on a two-month uh, honeymoon, you said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. It was uh, during the Olympics in, in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, wow. wow. What great timing. Did you guys plan that like that, or was it just kind of just like you're in Brazil? It's like, oh, wow, the Olympics. Uh, getting married was never planned, let alone getting married. <laughs> I hear let that. Let alone having it being done when the Olympics was actually going on. That was literally uh, the grace of God right there, perfect timing, showing me that life is amazing. Did you get to go uh, Did you get to go see any games like or anything you... I, I did actually have the opportunity, yeah. Um, it's a little tricky uh, to explain it because uh, the Olympics were held in a couple of different states in their country um, just because of the uh, occupancy and the stadiums, etc. So my wife is from uh, Belo Horizonte, and uh, that's where they actually held the World Cup um, with uh, Germany yeah. and Brazil uh, about three years ago. So... Uh, that's actually where they held all of the soccer tournaments in her major city. And uh, we actually got to go and see uh, Honduras versus South Korea in soccer. Oh, that's awesome. See, I'm super jealous. I've always wanted to go to a, a World Cup soccer game. So They get rowdy. It's intense. It really was. Yeah. I mean, like, I've, I've gone to MetLife stadiums uh, when the Jets were playing the Giants, and that it doesn't even compare to soccer. Oh no, no way! And it sucks. Like we're the one. Like everywhere else, like those guys are looked at as like gods, and we're here. <laughs> and like anybody here, it's like who plays in the MLS? It's like what? No, you know what yeah. they do? They actually were very accommodating to people who are obese because they have uh, jumbo-sized <laughs> seats um, in soccer stadiums as well. <laughs> yeah. So they're... you and your wife are using them as a love seat, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, right. oh, they didn't let us sit in that seat, which would have been really cool to have. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. So, they say so, that like there's a sign. Really had some, uh, we had some really good seats. Uh, we were able to see uh, the entire stadium. Uh, they did the wave, I think, like 36 times. Oh, you counted? <laughs> uh, it, it was probably close around to 50, there. Um, no, I would, I would, I would agree. I've, I've never been a part of the wave, so. <laughs> they have like a sign on the outside, like we accommodate the obese. Yeah, like, <laughs> take your love seat or get it. Go obese home. accommodations. There's a part of that story about um, being in the re- the arrest scene that uh, I didn't quite follow up on until you mentioned the word obese because I actually gained 30 pounds on my honeymoon. Oh, wow. In two months? So, so yeah, there was a big difference between the shot of me in March and me up close <laughs> um, during the arrest arrest scene. I actually watched a playback, and, and it's as clear as day. I put on some weight. Well, they say the camera adds 10 pounds, so... Oh, this was okay. This was 40 pounds. Oh, no. <laughs> four oh, no. cameras were on. Oh, no. He had four different angles. No. No, <laughs> you're, you're definitely... Well, going back into your acting, was, so tell us yeah, more, like, so tell us more really, about your acting. We don't. We didn't get to really touch uh, on that too much. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, what would you guys so like what, to know? Like, well, I think we could just give us like a formal intro. We did, Well, we, we really just got into it and... 
let's see who are you really yeah <laughs> well my, like uh it's my my path is uh quite quite unique uh, without uh <laughs> without saying um i guess it all starts like uh right around the time i was 19 years old um right out of high school got my first job doing uh plumbing work and my uh, i grew up in a small town upstate in goshen new york and um, within a year of that, um, I was able to join the Iron Workers Union. And unfortunately, uh, I got hurt um, uh, before really like getting on the job, while on the job, and then six months later again on the job, which pretty much led to a surgery in 2007. And uh, I, since at that point, um, I no longer had health insurance and anything like that. But at 20 years old. Uh, you're allowed to go to school and still be covered under your parents' insurance. So I, it kind of forced me to go to community college. And uh, I just had surgery on my right shoulder, and I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't do anything. And um, so it gave me the option to just, like, uh, take a couple of electives. And so I tried the intro to theater class, and uh, they were looking for uh, people to perform in a musical, and I had never done it before, ever in my life. And my mother, she was actually supposed to be the original Cindy Brady uh, oh, wow. back when she was six years old. So it kind of, I, I just kind of figured since I played football my whole life, uh, I did construction. My dad kind of has been like, he raised a good son, but I never did anything, not one thing until acting that my mom ever did. So if I, I was really comfortable with uh, doing a musical. And uh, I used to sing when I was in the fourth and fifth grade with uh, like chorus, intermediate school, GIS singers, and I made the chorus team because I had auditions then, and that was the first thing I ever booked, and I didn't even know it. So I did the musical, and uh, word got around that there's this uh, Italian guy out of nowhere, um, and apparently they were doing over the summer uh, Footloose, and uh, I ended up getting called to do that, and so they gave me the part of Chuck Cranston, and uh, I was doing mixed martial arts at the time, so my entire like dojo found out about it. So they gave me the nickname Footloose. Oh, and, uh, man, that's actually a yeah, pretty so, cool name though. As at a dojo, I don't like Footloose. Yeah, if, there, if it's at a, I, if it's a, in any other context besides you being in yeah, theater, I feel like so people would think that you're intimidating. <laughs> yeah, like if I was in the dojo and someone's like, "Yo, that's Footloose," and yeah, you, watch I, out. I would be like, "Oh, damn!" Like I'm gonna get smacked to the face with your feet before I even know what's going on. <laughs> I was, my strong suit was really uh, on the ground uh, and uh, pretty much sprawling, and I had a little bit of a wrestling background, but not much. But uh, my strength was my strength. Uh, I was, I, I'm, I am such a pacifist. I hated, I hated every time I punched somebody in the face. And one time, I hit a guy right, um, right in the chest, and it was, ju- it was, it was just a straight, and he dropped like a sack of potatoes and he was just down on the ground and I, felt, I really felt guilty about it so I wasn't really cut out for fighting I'm too much of um, too much of a Christian lover so, not a uh, fighter <laughs> yeah yeah so um, what happened right after the musical thing uh, the following semester in college uh, my shoulders better I'm starting to like slowly start to get back into the gym but um, an opportunity came because uh, they were doing plays so they kept me around and I was taking now the acting classes because everyone suggested I do it so, um, about a year later, going into the third semester, uh, I get a call from a guy who scouted me from the acting final from that previous December, and uh, they asked me to be in their short film, and which I had to audition, and I definitely said yes. So, that short film ended up getting into 
Black Bear Film Festival in 2009. And then uh, the guy who ran that film festival, he told me personally, just, you got to go study in New York. And I'm like, okay. So he suggested this one school called the New York Conservatory for the Dramatic Arts. So I go down, I audition, I get in. Next thing you know, it's uh, 2010 going into 2011. Uh, they didn't accept me back for the second year, but I ended my uh, educational career after four years at the Neighborhood Playhouse in 2012. Wow. Wow, so it's been a long way, and I feel like it, uh, it's kind of a funny story because you kind of fell into it. I don't feel like you had, you had any of these plans to really... Yeah, people told you you're good at acting, you got to do this. I was really just going with the flow, and it was really during that, uh, that four-year time where I never stopped working. Um, I would always uh, be doing a couple shorts, uh, background for a director who's just trying to put together a reel. Um, but one director, actually, during that time, his name was Keaton Weiss. Funny story about this guy, Keaton, too. Um, some woman from Australia uh, named, uh, I think it's uh, Sophie Pirelli, and uh, she wrote an original play that got into the Strawberry Festival in 2010-11 time. And uh, he ended up uh, bringing me back twice for two years for uh, short plays down at that festival. And uh, one guy um, in the audience actually voted for me for best actor. Just one guy. I'm like, okay, that's mm -hmm. pretty good. Hey, you got one yeah, vote. I'll take it. Yeah. All it takes is one. I, did. I got one vote. I'll take it. And um, Imagine it's you. Yeah. <laughs> I am the one guy who voted for myself. You give your own vote. I, I, don't, I, I wasn't allowed to vote. I know. But I'm, I'm, messing. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with you, Philip. <laughs> uh, the I tell you what, though, the talent that was in that entire festival both years, I mean, was uh, slim to none. I, I, I couldn't even believe I was on the same stage as most of these guys because yeah, they, really, they, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Their stories were uh, like just made hours look like amateurs, mm -hmm. uh, which it was nonetheless. But these guys just they uh, and from what I learned about structure and storytelling, these guys did everything right. And uh, whoever won that year, I really hope it was actually this one guy. I forget. I I shouldn't even talk about that because I don't remember his name, unfortunately. But <laughs> there's a story about abortion and the woman uh, broke up with him like a few uh, months before she found out she was pregnant with him. And then they crossed paths serendipitously because they both got engaged or married to mutual friends of theirs, not knowing it. And then this kid, she never had the abortion. Uh, she ended up having the kid. And then he finds about, uh, out about it like six, seven years later at this mutual uh, dinner. Wow, that's a good little that's story. Really that was, crazy, that crazy. was a great play, and they did it so well. And it was all done in less than twenty minutes. It was, it, it, I was, I was just blown away. Wow, that's that's the super guy cool. Guy cried on stage and everything, like the, the the transition of lighting of them, just like meeting at a bar, romance, and then all on the stage. Not, there was like pretty much no set, just a table and a couple chairs and a bar, and it was it was just it was outstanding. That's what acting's all about. So this was more. This was more. Um. But now, so do you? Can so do you have a preference of what you like more? Do you like the theater? Do you like film? Like, if you had to choose between like one one that you like like better, which what what do you think it would be? Well, there 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 is a saying out there that uh, film is gonna make you famous, TV is gonna make you rich, but theater is gonna make you really good. And um, mm. it, it was I, I I really can't say. Uh, to be quite honest, because I really enjoy filmmaking. I love being uh, behind the camera just as much as in front of it. Um, 
And when it comes to when it comes to the theater, like there's really there's really no better feeling in the world when you're just doing it live because that's where it is the most authentic. That's when it's the most rich. It's when it's the most uh, rewarding. And uh, the the joy of it really comes from doing it, not so much when you hear the applause at the end because uh, the work that you did in between on just telling the story right, it, that's the greatest feeling in the world because you really are bringing some sort of person to life and not only that you're learning something about yourself that you never knew before yeah it's super cool i, I uh i'm an actor myself and i've been in a couple of things so and i think uh the cool question i think i'd like to ask you is if out of all the uh, parts of you played is there a specific role that you've played in the past that like speaks mostly about you that you kind of felt that you uh you related to the most or maybe even you could it was like too easy for you because it was almost like you were just it was playing you. yeah you were playing yourself that's kind of tough um uh like it, it could go back to my first film uh village music uh that was uh that that character was nothing really like me personally because um i do remember in an interview uh giving to this man named chris farlicus uh he passed away about two and a half years ago um, but he worked for the Times Herald Record in Middletown, New York, for over 45 years, and he lived a long, healthy life. Died at 86 years old. And uh, shout out to Chris. He actually wrote my letter of recommendation to go to the conservatory and the neighborhood playhouse. Nice, so, nice, uh, Chris. He really saw something in me. So when we were talking about village music, uh, I do recall telling him that I did get lost in the film because by the end of it, I didn't recognize the guy I was watching. I like I truly did not recognize myself when I was watching the film. I must be scary and cool at the same time. Well, I, it was at the, it was really at that point where I realized that um, I, I I am an actor. That's when you knew. Like, I, yeah, because I I didn't fool myself, but I did everything right, and um, I told the story, and it's really not it, it is very hard, but it it really wasn't that it wasn't that hard. Uh, just to just to do the story, not for me at that time because well I was just I was six months out of an acting class and it was nonstop ever since for a full year so I guess I was I was well prepared for it. Yeah, so so you're a full time actor. That's how you make your living. Well, that's how I try to make a living. Like now <laughs> when you come down, when you come down here into New New York, it's a it's a whole different animal. And um, what happened? What ended up happening in uh, 2014? Uh, I took a I took a I took a huge break uh, from the four years of acting straight because I was I was so emotionally shot uh, and I was really trying to just focus on getting sober uh, because it was really during that whole time where I didn't even realize it but I was a social drunk and uh, I, not even knowing other things and discovering things about my past that I had I almost had no forgiveness in my heart at all across the board. Um, for for years about things I didn't even know I I could remember until I started um, doing acting training because you do a lot of backstory you uh, use your imagination you use a lot of personalization and things all of a sudden just pop up when a director just asks you that that question or a, a journalist will just specifically ask uh, how would you describe the relationship with your father the, the, the smallest things I had no idea or your mother even so things really just started to domino effect and I couldn't really cope during that four years unless I was like really just getting plastered so wow. I had to take a break from acting and I really wanted to focus on just getting sober so during 2013 
I, uh, uh, I was no longer in New York. I was out of school, so I moved back upstate. Um, I went back to my old plumbing job, and um, I worked that job for a good uh, six months until he retired and closed up the shop. So I see an ad on Facebook. Uh, they're looking for background in Atlanta, Georgia for the Hunger Games. And uh, w without even hesitation, like I'm looking at like Google Maps, and it's like, 906 miles from door to door yeah and that's a long trip that's a for me that just seemed like an impossible journey but i applied they called me up um i drove uh down to atlanta georgia went for a fitting uh drove back home and i did it all under 16 hours both trips oh wow in my little to yeah toy my little toyota corolla <laughs> Which, <laughs> I get, I, uh, to my surprise i got 400 miles on a full tank and i'm like do you go to Go, yeah, yeah good damn. Car there. Good car. I still have that car. I refuse to let it go. Yeah, it has too many memories. That's a, that's a memory in it. It's nostalgic I mean, now. I have a lot of miles on that car. So that's uh, it was really the Hunger Games that pretty much brought me back into the idea of acting because I didn't even, uh, at, at a certain point um, during that time, I also auditioned for six, seven, eight different agents at showcases, and I got turned down every single time, and it was really demoralizing. So uh, it, it just really just uh, rubbed me the wrong way that maybe I'm just not suited for this. So I didn't uh, move back into the city until I got laid off, and that started all over three years ago. So I've been in Queens now for three years. Wow, so you really learn rejection when you're an actor, I guess. you got to have some rough rejected skin. all the time, I'm sure. Reje well, the rejection never bothered me um, no. so much, but uh, being married, I mean, when you go, <laughs> when you go down the... Uh, I don't like that transition. Your wife might not want, want to be listening to this. Yeah, but being married. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, rejection isn't bad. Have you ever been married? <laughs> well, no, this is our first time being married. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely our last time being married. <laughs> So, I mean, like, just like as far as rejection goes, um, I, I don't want to say I'm bulletproof or anything like that because, like, just like everybody, everybody's got feelings. But when uh, you do as many background jobs as I, I've done just to pay the rent and you really have no money every – like, on the third day of every month, you have no money, like, and it stinks. And that happens for two years. Uh, it, it just makes me it, – it, it does mold you. It does make you tenacious uh, to really be – in this industry and uh during that time it was a great learning experience because i really learned how to survive um i really mm -hmm. prioritized and learned how to budget and um i was able to take care of myself wash my own dishes do my own laundry things like that and i was doing it in uh, new york city so better place exactly did you think that there was a big cult uh what was like the biggest culture shock for you coming over from where you were in your uh, career to, you know, transitioning into the big city where, you know, everybody seems like they're an actor or a model or something like well, that. Well, I, I think I had a bit of a, an advantage than most uh, who moved to New York City because uh, my father is, um, uh, was a firefighter during this whole time. And uh, I was born in Brooklyn. Oh, nice. What part? Canarsie. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Old Italian neighborhood. <laughs> Cap, your last name Capadora, right? Yeah, Capadora. Yeah, it says on your shaper profile that you're working on a film about firefighters. Is that because of your dad? Uh, actually, yeah, that that actually has a lot to do with him because um, 
it's 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 not an it, it is not a 9/11 story, uh, but uh, I am I am focusing on everything that uh, not led up to that so much, but I really want to tell the story of the men uh, who pretty much were firefighters uh, uh, with us or had passed um, from 1991 till 2001. Mm. So it didn't. It wasn't started. It didn't start off as a 9/11 thing, but, but it became one at the end, I guess. More or less, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah I, I could, I could definitely say that because um, it's, uh, it's my, it's my hope to ever complete this film, and uh, I do have a deadline uh, by the end of, uh, by the last Monday of October, because by coincidence, uh, my best friend is JJ Condon. He's well known for uh, his work in the Outsiders uh, TV show. Oh and, wow! Uh, shout out to JJ. He came, he flew all the way down to Brazil. He was the only he was the only American who came to my wedding in Brazil. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> wow! So you must be a good friend. He's my best friend, really. Awesome. Yeah, so he's cut from the same cloth. We were raised in Orange County, but his father was a police officer and a first responder of 9/11. So his mother, uh, she's like my best friend, and practically, uh, uh, I'm a son. So he's pretty much a brother. <laughs> Uh, he gives me a shout out on Monday and uh, he tells me about this mixer of a bunch of firefighters who are looking to get into acting and they had their first meeting this past Monday so I told a lot of them, if not all of them about the film and I got a lot of people who want to uh, get involved and uh, chip in Oh, that's wow. awesome how far how long, far along have you been with the process? I would say 85% done uh, because uh, the entire first act it, literally the first act, it's structured and um it's all held at the Fire Academy uh, at Randall's Island, known as The Rock, here in the uh, Manhattan area. Oh, I know Randall's Island. Yeah, so that's where the Fire Academy is. So um, I wanted to give it not so much a full metal jacket feel, but I do want to focus on what makes a firefighter a firefighter, because they have a saying, uh, let no man's ghost return to say that my training let me down. So I wanted to really incorporate the training into this film because that carries that carries a firefighter throughout his entire career yeah that's so that's important so you um you you're working on this with your friend right i i i actually uh it took me almost a month to structure the film mm -hmm. and uh a man by the name of chris edwards worked with my dad at engine 81 in the bronx and um, that was right before 9-11. Uh, they're both retired now, but uh, Chris, um, the second I got back from my honeymoon, I never met him. Uh, he wrote a book, like a biography, about his life in the FDNY. And at that point, I always wanted to write a film. And I'm real, I was always hoping, like, wow, this, is, this would be a great Rocky story if I could just – or a Sylvester Stallone story. Wow, if I could just – make my own uh, path and just write my own movie. Then I'll be, I, then these agents will be coming after me and I won't have to go after them. So fuck them. Uh, you <laughs> gotta do sorry, it yourself, guys. man. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. Uh, sorry, I don't want to curse. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, so I read the, uh, when I got the book, I read it in less, uh, in less than like four hours and it is a long book and I just couldn't stop turning the page. And there are so many things in this book that I want to incorporate into the film, which I already did. Um, I got uh, the blessing and the approval from the writer, and uh, I'm at that point uh, where now all I need is really just to be around firefighters, so I get the dialogue right. Because when when I'm the, the, everything that I wrote down so far is it. That's it. I don't have to do anything else. But it's incomplete, and I don't even know what to do about that. But then I realized that uh, that movie Gladiator that came out 
um, with uh, who was it, uh, Russell Crowe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of that. They did a lot of that um, rewriting on location. So even if I didn't have like a completed script, like, but I can't present something like this to like a studio and say it's only half done. We're gonna have to improvise on set, and they're not. They're definitely not gonna put a dime towards me. I'm no one. <laughs> so there's I, I I have to finish it somehow, and I've been rereading it and rewriting it. Uh, and polishing up, but I have to finish it um, within a month so I could bring it to these guys on uh, the mixer when I see them on the uh, last. I guess it's October thirtieth uh, so, coming up. So you're writing, directing, producing, everything, acting in it. Well, you kind of just like you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I am. I totally I commend you for that, man. I I uh, I wrote my own TV show. I went out to California last September. Wrote my own TV show. Had all twenty oh, episodes. Oh, that's right. You're the writer. Yeah, so I wrote the whole thing, did, you know, flew out, went out to California with maybe 10 grand to my name, dropped seven on an apartment for seven months, the rest went into, you know, a car to get me from point A to point B, and the rest went into the the production, and my best piece of advice for you is to just, you know, if you can, film as much of what you can film before you go into this meeting with them, because they'll, a little sizzle reel, even if it's a third. Oh, excuse me. If it's a thirty-second scissor reel, will go uh, such a long way, and they'll look at it and they'll they'll give you an idea. And then after they can kind of get a, a a feel for it, it doesn't have to be spectacular and everything like that, but it kind of has to convey a little bit of what you're trying to get at. And then you got their attention, and then from there you just kind of pitch them your idea and what you, what you got. But you know, it's a lot easier for for someone to envision something, and it'll and it'll seem to them like you've moved a lot farther along the way than, than you've already have if you just gave them a script. No, that's a great, uh, that's a great, that's a great idea. Thank you for that, Joe. No, of course. Yeah. You know, cause I've, uh, it's, it's hard, man. I, I'm, I'm, I feel for you when you, when you say that, cause it's just, there's so much that goes into it and you know, you, you yourself, I can only imagine, I'm, I'm sure I, I, I don't know too much about you, but uh, you know, from what I took from, from what I took it from my whole process was I always just wanted to be an actor. That was it. And then you know when you get out there and you you realize you're putting this all together and then you're you're getting call times and you're setting up to for actors to be there and then you're behind the camera and you're in front of it, it's just a lot and you lose a lot of yourself of what you actually enjoyed about the industry, so much. Now, background acting really took its toll because it got to a point where it's just like I, I tell they treat background acting actors like dogs, like. Oh, of they course. Treat, Sit in this treat, tent. Treat, you can yeah, eat when you you can eat when you when you when you want to. You can drink when you want to. We, we, when we tell you to, you get over here. You're there for twelve hours, and then you know what I mean. And then people with SAG still get still get you know the seniority, obviously. But all right, don't even get me started on SAG. I just feel like it's like it, the system is rigged. That was rigged. one of my questions. If you were in it, if you were in SAG, I'm eligible, but I can't commit. It's I can't bullshit, make the dude. Because uh, I, ha- I have to take. Dude, SAG is bullshit. Explain to me the bullshit. It's unfortunate. You know, it's because. Like Boris Karloff. Yeah, dude. It's a ninth guild, and uh, basically it it became like a a den of uh, hypocrites. Yeah. And it's also almost impossible to do things because there's there's like three things that you need to get your SAG card. You need to have, like, you need to be in like a certain amount of featured films or TV show. You have to have. You have to have one line that, like, you're directly, almost like you're directly looking into the camera and you're saying a line. It can't be like. Oh, so- great story! Yeah. Yeah, I and did then, that too. And uh-huh. then there's yeah, and then there's one other. There's like one other 
SAG eligible eligibility thing that you have to you have to get done that I'm not sure, but it's like most of these things. It's nudity. 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 Yeah, you have to you have to show some skin. That's the third element. You have to have a line, three waivers, and uh, be naked. What? <laughs> no way. Really? Baba oh, yeah. Booey. I got two out of those three options. Yeah, because Baba got naked twice. You oh. know, <laughs> you know Howard Stern, Baba Booey. Yeah, he's he's in SAG. He never got naked. Mm. <laughs> you, you're gonna compare the Howard Stern not get? That's the one person you're gonna bring I mean, up who that, isn't getting naked. That guy gets naked all the time. Baba Booey. No, he's he in his in his the movie that he plays a biography about himself. The main cover to the movie. That's the, Howard, not Baba Booey. Baba Booey's the producer. Oh. Gary Del Bate. Ah. Well, what movie is this? Uh, you never, you know the Howard Stern Private Parts. Oh, that was uh, like his first film, right? When he has a lady sit on a subwoofer. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, I mean, that was his only movie, but yeah. Yeah, I don't okay. think you need. I don't think there's a follow up behind that one. I don't think there's. You can't really follow up behind the lady sitting on a subwoofer. But I tell you what, that guy, that that guy is uh, real is. Um, He's he's a, he's very smart. Yeah, we we wouldn't be here right now talking if it wasn't for him because I wouldn't have even started doing this if I didn't listen. To Howard him. Stern is the the inspiration behind the weekly sit down. We yeah. finally get it. We finally got it out of you and why you started these uh, things. I've been listening to him since I was twelve years uh, old. That's good. Gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, he started it all. With Howard Sterno. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we but going back to the whole SAG and how it's rigged, it's like all these things that make you SAG eligible are things that you can't really get an opportunity to do unless you have a yeah. crazy agent or like, you know, you somehow get lucky and you're there and some dude gets sick or something like you, mm. you end up being in the right place at the right time. So it's, it's not like you're, there's not like, oh, if you're doing this for X amount of years, you have more of a seniority to do this over this. Like, I could come in tomorrow and fucking, like, for example, like, I've never been SAG eligible. Like, I've been in maybe one, I was in one feature film, like, and I was, like, a background actor in that. And, like, I, but, right, like, right. If, if I get this TV show picked up, I get my SAG card immediately. You know what I mean? I, I checklist all three th- of those things. You're naked? Things. Yeah, I'm getting naked in that if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the thing is like with one little you know what I mean one signature of some dude at a studio and it's like now you're a SAG person like you know so it's pretty well, my, my biggest beef was like say like uh, I can't even imagine how many uh, young men and women graduate with a BFA in theater um, how is it that they are not eligible uh, with that information with any form of certification because they already have the training they are actors, and is the, it's the Actors Guild. And meanwhile, I'm working with guys in background sometime. These guys are in SAG, and they're just doing it for fun. And it's just it's just a retirement gig. And so they're taking they're taking jobs away from other people, and just pretty much diluting uh, the, the entire the entire industry. They're just showing up just to be a part of it, but they don't know they don't even know what walking through the space with intention is. They have no um, experience or education in uh, any form of training in any shape or form whatsoever. That sucks. And that's like 95% of the people I met on set. And I've been on over 50 sets in this city. And I <laughs> maybe more. Wait, a lot more than that, actually. You know, it's crazy. People get – they just get a pretentious and they get a little bit of a 
a little power hungry, and the next thing you know, oh, now I'm I'm too good to be on here. Someone get me a latte. It's like it's such a cliche idea of thinking about how these things work. But then we get people like yourself, and you get you know you sound really fucking humble, dude. And oh, I, thanks, bro. I really do hope that all this works out. But going back to your uh, your your well, SAG. I have a question. SAG is just what a union for actors, right? It's yeah. the union. So how do they you? They don't even call it a union. They call it a guild. So it's a club. Yeah. Screen Actors Club. It's pretty much a gang. It is. It's SAG is a gag. <laughs> yeah. So how do you fix it then? If you're if you're the one in charge, how do you fix it? Well, you don't. It's like it's uh, gone too far along. They got their they. I guess uh, I'm I'm really not sure how it really works, but you know you meet a lot of people who are are humble, but they'll say it's corrupt, and that's why they want to run for the office. And I, I'm sure everybody at some point had the best intentions of trying to fix it to the point where it's uh, fair um, for the workers, because it is it is about protecting the workers. That's the only, that's the reason why the Screen Actors Guild started. Like I think it was in the 19 I believe it was the 1930s when it really started. Um, and I know that Boris Karloff was actually on the uh, was in the top 10 of the first uh, guild, but it really was to protect the workers. That that so that's why they unionized. So. I, I just feel that it's not being true to what it represents, and it's really becoming a bit of uh, just more of a farce, in a sense, because it doesn't, it doesn't reflect uh, actors or acting at all. What does it reflect? Hello? So I guess what I would like, if I had, if I had any say on what I would like to see, I would, I would prefer that they give um, real like actors the opportunity, and not just uh, for background or anything like that. But if they were going to really start protecting actors, then what the Screen Actors Guild does for their members, they should definitely do it for the non-union members as well, because they're their prospects, and it's only a matter of time before one of them kind uh, of steps up and takes the Screen plane. Actors Guild. But just yeah, it's one of those just things. Th- that... Just things like you know, like. Uh, being forced to work in the rain, things like that, going 10 hours without any food, no coffee break, nothing. And uh, they, they'll pay the penalty for like 10 SAG members, no big deal, but there's 80 other people there. And it's it's like we're still people. So I think it's just, um, I, that's what I mean about hypocrisy, because it's like they'll protect their uh, members, but they're not going to protect actors. So that's what I mean by hypocrisy. They don't really, they don't think about the big picture. Yeah, I look at it like, I look at it like that kind of, it's like almost like when you're in like elementary school and there's like a cool kids group and like the cool kids (laughs) table and it's like, you know, you talk shit about that, that whole table. It's like, yeah, fuck those people. But you want to sit there. But you want to sit there and then when the minute you sit there, then you're like, well, you know. It's not that bad. It's not that bad when you were down there. Like when you're, when you're not at the table, it's not that bad. But you know what I mean? As you're speaking from the high, high chair at the table. You know yeah, what I mean? but in that case, if you want to sit at the table, then you got to buy everybody lunch. Ah, <laughs> yeah. that, you get it, dude. I, yeah. I get that. That's funny. But, and that's the other thing. It's just like, um, like it, it, it goes really to George Bailey, and it's a wonderful life. And he's like, wait, wait for what? Do you have any idea how long it takes for a, a man or a woman to save $5,000? So that's what I mean. Like, yeah. we're, and we're spending like three, and it's, and it's increasing every year. But for what? There's not, they're not like um, promoting or helping you get any work. That, 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 it's like you have to find that on your own. You got to go through backstage, actors access. Yeah, refresh that page every day and and see what 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 works for you, what what fits as a 
as a as a typecast and so you no, need I get it. you want to fit yeah. the build and be true to form and like you don't want to look like you're from like uh the 20s and be in a film that's being held in the 70s necessarily because it really is it, it does come down to um to what the production company is looking for and that you could always respect that um it's just a, a matter of i guess just giving a, a fair opportunity um, and fair treatment for everybody who's there on set, not just for those who are uh, SAG priority and non-SAG. It's funny because that's how like a lot of business, you know, if, if it was any other business in any other company, like people getting treated like that wouldn't matter. But it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's the one job where you can fire or even hire someone for, you know what I mean, them just having a silly mustache or, you know what I mean, like something ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, or like, if they're just like a fat dude. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, let's hire, we want to hire that guy. Why? Because that guy's fatter than that guy. Yeah. No, and that's the other thing. There, um, I actually got to do um, vinyl um, a year or two ago, and nice. uh, I met a guy on set uh, by the name of uh, Mac Butler on the set of Creed uh, earlier that year. Oh, dope. And then uh, I bumped into him on set for vinyl, and uh, I was a cop, he was a cop, but I came as a 70s cop with a mustache, and he said, you should have came shaved. And I asked him why, because uh, they would have put a mustache on you and given you a bump for it. I'm like, you, come on, why Why can't I just get the bump? Because I already brought my own. I already so got my own mustache. Well, ex- explain, right. what, I, 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 explain what a bump is. Uh, well, a bump is something like um, if, uh, you bring, if uh, they request a car to be on set and they pick you, they're going to pay you for the time of the car and you for driving it, and uh, depending on the distance. And if you're SAG, it's an even bigger bump. So it's an increase in pay. Okay. Increase in pay if you're willing to smoke, but you're enforced. You get a bump if uh, you get soaking wet, um, but that's never enforced. I was on set for Red Oaks one time, and uh, they were uh, they wanted to have us uh, do a, a bar mitzvah dance around and dance around in a circle. They were supposed to give us a bump for choreography, but doing side shuffling. As opposed to doing a chasse, and so these fuckers know bullshit. how to just like work the system. And Fucking rules. bullshit. So dude. I mean, just the fact that it was available, but I get it. No, because like these dollars do add up, and uh, I, you want to save, um, not spend that too much, uh, too much money. Because when you're doing TV, uh, if it's no good, yeah, it's canceled. And uh, ooh, you guys want to hear about? The- we're 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 losing you a little bit. Are you losing connection? Um, my it might have just glitched a little bit. Sorry about that. Oh, there you go. Better. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Oh, sorry. Like uh, I I just asked. Do you want to hear about the time I tried to get myself fired? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Of course. Of yeah. course. And I'll tell you how, about the time how I I tried to get myself fired and it worked. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> getting myself in fact they gave me a raise wait so what so, happened all right so um this goes back to june thank you honey. june 2015 uh i was on set for the affair um tv for showtime second season episode six and uh what happens is uh they're just looking for background actors okay another day at the office um i got assigned to be an orderly and um, uh, pretty much just uh, working at a hospital, regular guy. And so, like, I put my actor acting training to my work. They give me a pad. I do an independent activity. I start writing down uh, not symptoms, but height, weight. And I'm, I'm interviewing an 11-year-old kid and um, 
talking and talking about his broken arm, how'd you do it, making things up, just trying to fill in the space and just doing it silently. But what ends up happening was um, when the lead actor uh, came in with the kid, he's throwing up green oh, after God. a Yankee game. So, yeah, like, but, you know, they just gave him a lot of, like, uh, <laughs> they gave him a lot of kale and um, uh, iced tea. And I think he just started thinking of dog poop. And so oh, he puked. Oh, so, God. So, I mean, like, uh, it was, it was, I, I commended little Travis for it. It seemed real. <laughs> and as a, as, as an orderly, I'm like, I could work with this guy. So I'm now I'm getting into character. So things are really starting to move, but I hated every minute of being on set that day because I just hated my job. I like every part of acting at that point was, um, uh, was, I hated it. Like in background acting for me was just very unfulfilling. So I wanted to get fired. So when the opportunity for me to get fired uh, popped up, I actually tried. So what ends up happening was, like, the doctor calls me over and says, get me a Gertie, which I did. A guy came in with a stretcher, and uh, uh, Noah Soloway, um, he uh, puts his son on the, uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the Gertie. And then the doctor uh, taps my shoulder and says to me, take him to Bay 4. And then I just said, copy that. And I told the dad to pretty much, like, excuse us. Tried to get, um, I just played the scene. I really didn't know um, if I was going to get fired or not for saying that, but I was really in the moment, and I didn't care if I did. Yeah. I, in fact, I would have just walked off the set if they asked me to, or not even. I just would have left. So what ended up happening was the director loved it, and every other actor in the room loved it too. So they kept it. They had me keep saying it, and I got I go from a $75 day to a $906 day. What? Oh, from wow. that one line? For one line, wow. one, like and that and it what un, an unscripted line and I'm actually you're not I'm looking at my uh, a SAG after uh, royalty residual payment statement right here in front of me. Um, I just got an I've been getting checks from them for the last two years like uh, twenty bucks here. This last check right here was nine eighty four. A part <laughs> another part of it is five eighteen. So I've been I've been receiving checks for the last two years off of uh, off of an accident. Wow. Dude, see, like that's what you, that's what I'm saying. You gotta just do that shit. Like, what's the worst I, that I happens? I would encourage it. I, I would not encourage it ah. for anybody listening out there. Like, for me, it would take a risk, Phil. Take a risk. No, I'm <laughs> no, joking. But I mean, like, I don't like. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know about what God's plan, like, is like crystal clear because it's never really made clear. Um, but I have been reading, uh, or I started reading, um. Bishop T.D. Jake's book on destiny, and uh, there was a component in his writing that really uh, um, focused on things of in, uh, not uh, of instincts, of, of your natural abilities, and things like that. And that's a part of God's plan for you. So I only read the first chapter of the book, and that was like pretty much since Christmas. But that stuck with me ever since. And when it comes to every time I try to quit quit acting something always pulled me back in and then like i'm i'm still making money from it so my hope is now like pretty much to finish this firefighter film and just get lucky because <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 no because there's no absolute right way to uh, be an actor other than you have to be you, you really have to just be doing anything it's not luck. You're gonna. You just keep putting yourself. Hey, in and those. I would love to audition for one of your parts. <laughs> so you got an actor that's would that is willing and down. Oh, I, can it be a firefighter? I can be a firefighter. I'm a. I'm a pretty big dude. <laughs> I can. I can totally do a firefighter. I could be like the young buck firefighter that is 
joining the ladder f- to fulfill his father's well, actually, dream. Like if you're under five foot, if you're under five foot five, you're the ideal firefighter because the lower you get, the better. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why is that? Five foot five? No, because like um, I I met a lot of firefighters the other night, and there's really there's always that dynamic of like uh sh- like uh, just uh that di- the, the, the dynamics of masculinity, and uh, I've seen guys six foot four officers um around the same height so um here in a story i met a i met a 75 year old captain uh who does spin every day and the guy the guy was the funniest character i've ever seen in my it's indescribable like you just like he's that one guy who's just like you never knew him until you actually met him mm-hmm. and but you could think you met him but it's like nah believe me you haven't met this guy <laughs> and he'll just he'll, like, he'll just he, i can't even describe this guy he's he's he's, he's a wacko but he's hilarious and awesome and amazing guy but um, a lot of firefighters are really like uh, just average, like regular guys, small in in some uh, some cases, but strong, 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 stronger than iron, tough as steel. They have to go through and, a. Uh, they go through an academy for to be a fireman, right? Like there's yeah, some kind of. Oh yeah, there's a whole months. the whole thing. Same kind of thing as a cop, yeah. Yeah, but back in the day, like it was only six weeks of uh, training uh, during the '90s and '80s. Five foot five. So you told me now. You told us now that they did. They read these firefighters read over your script and everything like that. So far, I didn't bring. I didn't bring my script with them. I actually, um, I'm consulting with another writer that I met on Chapre. Uh, <laughs> Sharpie. Chopper. <laughs> uh, hoping that uh, uh, he likes what um, I wrote because uh, he ended up showing me a sample of his work and uh, he did like a rewriting of uh, that TV show Once Upon a Time for uh, a competition. Yeah. So he actually is very see my I'm very good at um, writing dialogue and structuring a film, but that ominous atmospheric writing of just how to like not so much camera pulls in but where to have a fade out, how to describe the scene, what's like uh, capturing the emotion of the camera lens basically. I can't do that. Uh, that's not my forte. I'm just only good at dialogue. It's crazy. There's so, so much that goes into just one little thing. Like writing. you think that you're looking at just a straight parallel angle, and it's it can mean something so much more in other senses. It's its own art form. Yeah, and I was curious too, going back to your your script, um, what, has there been anything, like I'm sure that you've rehearsed some of this with firefighters already, or has has not one firefighter really seen it besides the one that you're kind of autobiographing? Well, it's kind of, they actually consider themselves, uh, um, it's all the same circus, just different clowns. <laughs> and, uh, that, and that that's the best way to describe it, because there's, and that's why I wanted to really focus on this one element in, of the film of of pretty much what is uh, the story about, because it's not, it's definitely not about me, and it's not specifically about my dad or uh, his friend or any of the firefighters I've really been around. Maybe just the camaraderie. Um, it's it's a hundred percent about that, and it's about what a firefighter uh, is because the man. Um, it's not so much uh, what the man uh, does because that's not necessarily that what makes him who he is. There's other elements here. So there is his family, but that's a completely se- uh, second part of the story. That's a subplot. Is his family life because the fire department is a second family. And oh, they yeah. do everything together. It's it's more than a fraternity. It's more than it's not more than your own marriage in most cases I'd say, but when you're on the job, it's 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 always about the public and it's always about the job. It's 3 days and on, takes, right? You're you're there for 3 days, right? 3 days on, 2 days off. 
three two. Yeah, oh, I think uh, it's. You're a yeah. So it could be. It could sometimes be like that. Three, uh, three on, three off. You do mutuals. You do twenty fours. Take forty eight. Do another twenty four. Um, but there's like several different ways of going about it. Plus, I guess they still have vacations and things. But I didn't do that uh, too much, like uh, investigating on that because it's really about everything I remember um, when going to firefighter parties when I was a kid, um, Christmas parties, firemen picnics, all the firefighters that I saw come over my house and uh, rebuild my dad's roof, things like that. Yeah, there's a, there's a camaraderie there that we, we were talking about that's so much bigger, and I think it's cra- It's the one job that I feel like, you know, as a public officer and a public figure of the, of the community that people, they don't get shit on because they're <laughs> fucking busting their ass. Like, you know, everyone has a problem with a cop. Or you know what I mean? Or with, yeah, no you know, one rips on fire. Yeah, no one, no one has anything bad to ever say about a fireman, and I feel like that's the cool. I think that's a really cool part about the job, and it just I feel like if I was, if that was my profession, it would give me a little more passion about it because I'd have to hear someone saying like the negative oh. stuff. Yeah, because there's no negative. It's like you know what I mean. It's like you can't be mad. You're helping at kittens. Yeah, you can't be the mad job, at someone for running into a fire. I've actually noticed that the job itself, like the actual performance of the task of of the job, um, is um, is the good and it's also the bad. What's the bad? Yeah, uh, because uh, well, there are there are casualties. Obviously, oh, yeah. you're joining into fire and building buildings are burning down on top of you. This is crazy. Yeah, you are like you can't like, inhale. You can't like you can be killed. It, you have to it, know that that's what you want to do with your life the minute that you get joined because I I have friends who uh, who are in the who are in the, in the ladder and they literally since like we were in like sixth grade like elementary school like these dudes had like the walkie talkies on their hips and they would like go to like local like things that would come up on the radio and they would help out and they would you know what I mean so it's a thing that you you know that you want to be do that profession for a long long ass time of course oh yeah, yeah. everybody i met um uh, when they were uh, talking to me about what made you want to be a firefighter the guys the senior guys they're just saying why wouldn't you want to be a firefighter at this point in their career because exactly could always, they could go back to thinking there was nothing else they wanted to do more so we're now reflecting that off of you is there anything that you were passionate about before acting that you kind of saw a path that you kind of would like to see yourself have gone down, like you regret not trying, or has it always been acting? No, it, it was never really acting because, like, I, I really thought, especially after 9-11, I was 14 years old in ninth grade biology, third period class when it happened. I wanted to be a firefighter just like my dad by, two, by 2005, six and seven. But um, unfortunately, the test... Uh, got suspended by a judge here in the city, so that pushed me. That pushed it back over like all the way, like five, six, seven, eight years. So that let that just pretty much, uh, pretty much like um, made your own me. decision. <laughs> it pretty it pretty much kept me in the theater world because I didn't I didn't have another card to play, and it brought me the most joy. I had the most fun. I was um I wasn't I was I'm never making any money at this, but um I, it really has been something that. Uh, brought out the best in me but uh I, awesome. like i said i like i have a plumbing background i have pretty much pretty much whatever a man uh will be when he becomes 40 years old and all those skills the handiness like 
that knowledge, that wisdom, those things that their dads teach. My dad definitely taught me. I carry all that stuff with me because my dad and I just finished uh, today uh, rebuilding his den. So I, I have trade in my background. Uh, I'm not an attorney like most actors who like standing up and performing and things like that. But um, I have, uh, I don't want to say backup plans or any regrets of uh, paths I didn't choose because there's uh, I always walk the path that's never been chosen. And I always do pretty much anything. Wow, that's awesome to have that kind of freedom. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. So where do you think you're going after? Is the goal to just get so rich from acting you can just travel the world with your wife? Or what do you? what's the well, old, end game? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm broke as fuck, and I've already been to like half around half the country and already to uh, Brazil. <laughs> so, um... I mean, like, uh, I went on tour uh, also right after that, um, uh, the affair show for a play. Um, I got to go, I got to travel all down the East Coast, travel all the way to Louisiana, go back north towards Chicago and back towards uh, Connecticut. And uh, that happened all in a five week uh, time frame. Real quick. So I kind of just feel that um, uh, my, the money has always come when it was necessary. Like the Bible says that God will provide you with all of your needs. And of course, I need a certain amount of money to eat and uh, pay rent, and uh, and now it just makes me wonder uh, as far as like um, getting to travel around the world. Like I've had fortune cookies where you will sit on the soil of many nations. I always thought that perhaps it would be because I'm actually a working actor, not because I'm getting rich doing it, but because I, I do it because it's my job. Yeah, that's where you, where you, that's the set that day, you know. Yeah, like, uh, and that's what I would love to do. I would love. I, I want to travel everywhere. I have my passport in my pocket, and I actually, um, I'm getting. I'm going to Texas tomorrow. Wow, what are you doing over there? I'm um, just uh, a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I did. Um, <laughs> I did a, a a casting call for um, PH Talent. Uh, they needed a brand ambassador, so I got picked, and it was for this woman. Uh, Janice and she runs PH Talent and they were doing uh, promotions for this uh, trampoline and uh, that was also in June of 2015 I think when that happened yeah that was June 2015 so um, I'm, ju- I'm jumping on top of uh, trampolines trying to promote the business things like that and uh, she, uh, she really like uh, she really liked my work ethic so she ended up inviting me to her and her fiance's uh, giant family picnic in 2015 and I did an outstanding job I was that like concierge butler friendly guy helping with food setting up tables things like that they invited me that year last year and earlier this month for Labor Day weekend for the last three years and her fiance runs this million dollar company um, for whole body vibration machines and they asked me um, this past year if I wanted to uh, start working for that company just selling these units at Costco for trade shows so of course I said yes, mm-hmm. and um, they uh, booked me uh, now. Um, I did one in Queens. I did one in uh, right outside of Philadelphia. Just traveled by car a few months ago, and now they're book- putting me on a plane and they're sending me to Texas. How did it? How did the one in Queens go? Went well. I, I, that was that was actually like fishing with dynamite. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody. Actually, I'm sorry. It was actually in Brooklyn, um, the mm-hmm. Costco in Brooklyn. Um, I forget where. It was like. Off at, it's on 39th Street, right by um, right in Brooklyn, and that was that was outstanding. Like I caught on to it real quick. Everybody in Brooklyn wanted to ride this thing and try it out because that's all we do is just do demos, 
and this machine just sells itself, really. It's a rehabilitation unit, helps with circulation. It's good for the young as well as the old. It's good for physical fitness, uh, 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 increasing circulation, nice. uh, fixing a pinched sciatic nerve. It, it's a, it's a, it's a very cool machine. I know a lot of, I know a couple of people with a pinched sciatic nerve. Everyone says they have that. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of that. Really? <laughs> sciatica? No. You never heard of that? Nope. It's like when it goes no, down your leg, okay. right? Yeah. Down your leg, up to your hip, sometimes as far as your back. Yeah. Never heard of it. You're lucky. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Lucky, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that was an hour. We went pretty. We that went by pretty quick. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, wow. That did go by pretty quick. Definitely. Do you have um, some social media you want people to follow you on? Well, uh, my name is Phil Capadora, and I just kept it at that for Instagram, and uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the best way to uh, stay in touch because uh, I have finally figured out how to like put things on your story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just figured it out. I did. It took me a while to figure it out, so I just like I pressed the button so hard, while all of a sudden um, the little pop up popped up because I was pressing on my uh, my image. Yeah. Uh, for a few... So He's that's like, why won't it record? <laughs> I was I was mad at that split second. So and then all of a sudden, add story. Oh, so I finally figured out how to say on a Tuesday hashtag at the gym mm. and uh, <laughs> just things like that. So yeah, like everybody's welcome uh, uh, to follow me. Not a problem. Sure. Nice. Give us a give us a nice little like excerpt of like what you know what's coming up. What's what's to come. Like what we should be anticipating for the future and. Uh, you know what well, you we want. Know kind of a... like a little, like kind of like a farewell of like you know. What do you want us to leave us with? Yeah. How would you want to end it if you could end it? Yeah. <laughs> a little positive. I'm the note. guy. Uh, I'm the never-ending story fan too. You are. I never like hate endings. Uh, I wish I knew. I wish I knew that song. Uh, don't know when. Don't know where. But I'll be back again some sunny day. There you go. You Broadway, your Broadway side is coming on out. And on that, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, man, that's no, funny. Just like, uh, I, well, I, everybody out there, just uh, be safe, be blessed. Uh, just always remember that you're not an individual in this world, that everybody is here to help each other one way or another. And uh, God doesn't work uh, directly um, or do anything uh, directly to you, but he will do anything and everything for you. And that's what life does. Things in life don't happen to you. They do happen for you, and there's always a perfect pain. You, I love that. You mentioned God a few times. I guess you're religious, Christian. Is that, was that what I, kind of changed you? Was that I what kind of I, brought you over from, uh, you know, the, the dark days of, of alcohol to kind of now? Is this, is this like a change thing, or how were you always very religious? Uh, and that's the other thing. If you're an actor, you're religious because you're, you are applying yourself to a craft uh so if you're an actor you're religious in that regard because not for me like religion is um is is uh is another word for oppression and i go to city light church here in astoria queens manhattan and they also have one in brooklyn now um it's really just bible-based it's very very new yorker language where it's a it's about a relationship and understanding what your purpose in life really is because if the bible does say countless things take one thing away is that you were made for a time such as this. And you just got to go with your gut and just understand 
there is a reason why you're here, and you gotta you gotta live that answer. You can't ask for the absolute answer. You gotta live that answer. It's a great way. Yeah, just know it. Yeah, you are a genius, dude. Like that was some that's some deep shit. It's well said. Yep. Oh, thanks, guys. For sure. I hope we have you back on after this movie's made. And yeah, I'll keep you posted on everything. Oh, As I, I said, I'll be I'll be your tattooed actor. That 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 fire. I'll burn through all the buildings. The five foot four I'm, tattooed fireman. Uh, you know, I'll be co- I'll be coming to Long Island. Oh, you'll be out here. Oh, definitely. I'm Hell coming yeah. there um, next time. Hell yeah! Awesome. Anytime. We got you, brother. We'll hold it down. Great. All right, good. We'll avoid the glitches. <laughs> For <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. It's a little delayed on here. It's it's hard to know when to chime in, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. No worries. Like I'm 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 easy. <laughs> All right, Phil. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Phil. We'll talk to you later, brother. Joe and Joe, you guys were fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime, too, anytime, man. my man. I'll talk to you on Shaper. We'll keep in touch. All right. Yeah, we'll talk a lot on Shaper. Okay. Good luck with everything, brother. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Joey. You too. I hope all the best with the writing and your pilot. Oh, thank Thanks, you so man. much. All right. All right, guys. Be well. You, you too. too. Bye. Ciao for now. Ciao. Nice dude. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, very, he, very, very, like, ha, like has a really good head on his shoulders. Seems like a very uh, soft-spoken dude, but... I was going to say well-spoken, like... Soft and well-spoken, uh, you both. Know? You know what I mean? Like, he definitely... I could already tell through through our, our conversation that he's not an aggressive person in the slightest bit. No, he's like, professional, you know. Yeah, and I hope, I'm surprised, like... Like, God bless him for, for making a living off of background acting. Because, like, yeah. I've done background acting, and that's no fucking joke. Like, that well, is for not... two years, now he says he's getting stuff. He was on vinyl. Yeah, he but he on... still had to do, like... Like those two years, he wasn't working anywhere else, right? Like he was just doing that. So, like that's and like that's not like it pays buco bucks. You're there for twelve hours and maybe getting like eighty bucks for the day. Until you scream out a random line. Yeah, then you're getting nine hundred and eighty bucks exactly. Like that's and that's what he's saying. Like you got to kind of live in that. I like I I respect that that like that's his view on things. Well, he also said don't do that. So. If you're doing, yeah, I just think that that's the professional side coming out of him. But you notice that every yeah. every time that he told a story, that it was like I was spontaneous and crazy. Yeah, it, all the good ones. It always came out something good. You know what I mean? Like, like no, no one ever, no one ever made it plain and safe. Johnny just sent me this free this text to get a free uh, jewel. They're giving them out for free. What? Where? How? I'll so, I'll show you the promo code. You get a jewel and a starter pack. <laughs> So how does this? How do I do this? I'll show you. That's I need show. it. I need it. I need a jewel. I need a jewel so badly. Uh, My bow's not doing it. We gotta hit up Jewel. I'm gonna email them. Yo, let's get them. <laughs> let's just be corporate. All ever. let's totally sell out. <laughs> let's sell out super hard. Like Every, so down. Welcome to the NASCAR. Yeah, sit down. Spitting tobacco. Yeah. We're chain smoking cigarettes in here. I got. We my, got Marlboro yeah. lights on the on the line. Yeah. You know what? Nothing I love more. During a podcast and a nice Marlboro light <laughs> with my whiskey sour. Thank like. you for the coffee grounds too, man. <laughs> While poofing my jewel. Yeah. Folgers in your cup. All right, so we got. What do you think his song should be? 
Phil. I don't know. I don't. I didn't do a song for the last guest. Maybe I'll do. No, one we gotta him. do one for every one of these. It has to be like related to what they're doing. So for him, I don't know. I yeah. feel like he would get like. Uh, it has to be something like. Like the Godfather theme song. No, or some it should shit. be like goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Why? Because he's doing the fireman movie. Oh, true. Yeah. Okay. It has to be something related to flames. Yeah, I'll give him a flamer. Give him a fire-related one. Yeah. Either that or like a really depressing like country 9/11 song, but that's not that's not him. <laughs> country 9/11. Yeah, song. you know what I mean. Like, Yo, I'm kind of nervous to get hypnotized tomorrow. I am so ready to get hypnotized. You got to be smart to be hypnotized. That's what they say. Yeah, like you have to be open and like not restricted. Yo, I'm totally that. I know. I think I'll be able I'm to get it. I'm super good. But the only thing, I might be a little distracted with everybody in the room. There's going to be like six people. Biggest show for yet. And we're going to be live, so it's going to be like four people watching on Facebook. <laughs> we'll just do it through my account, and you'll get all the peeps. How many people watch yours? You oh, have a good amount? I have like a, discuss- I have like a ridiculous amount of fucking people that I'm friends with that I'm not even really friends with. I've, like, I've reached my 5,000 limit on Facebook. Oh, for doses? For me. Oh, for you, yourself? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I guess we'll do it on there. Do it through me. Do it through me. Do me, do me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yo, you know, next week, no podcasts. No. I'm going to have to, we have to, four this week, so I'll release two this week and then two next week and then we're good. Yeah, because I literally just, I'm super upset that I haven't been in the gym lately, and it's because the, these podcasts are cutting into my gains. You gotta, well, you gotta choose sometimes. I'm, I choose this. <laughs> You're jacking up. I'm You're getting fat, I'm fatting up. That's, it's not jacking up, I'm getting fat. Jacking off. That's for a different show. <laughs> That's for the, the week- Howard Stern, that was for the private part of the Howard Stern show. The weekly jack off. <laughs> bought, bought to you by Fleshlight. Weekly nut. <laughs> weekly nut. Clean nuts. <laughs> <laughs> People would listen to that too. <laughs> See how long, like, how many questions I could ask while doing it. And we're about done with this interview. Uh, welcome <laughs> back to the weekly diet. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Jelly just came on the floor. I busted. <laughs> Ooh, it's busted. Come back next day for another two-minute podcast. We're going to need Get me an intern in here with a hot rag. We're going to need to clean this up. We'll be right back. Our sponsors are KY. Yeah. <laughs> and Trojan. Yeah. Trojan, yeah. Here's our sponsor, Trojan Man. Yeah. Trojan Man, how's it feel to be the man? Oh, I didn't tell this. Phil about Shaper, the Shaper dude. He would have liked that story that the Shaper CEO. No. He wouldn't. He wouldn't. No. No, yeah, he wouldn't like that. Phil was a nice dude, but he wouldn't care. But he just wanted to tell <laughs> crazy stories, crazy funny stories. He's a nice guy, but he would never like that story. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see him liking that. No, he would have hated Mm-mm-mm. it. <laughs> nope. No, sir. Nope. Philip would not like that story. He was he he would make it a funny story though. Yeah, every yeah. single one of his stories were a funny story. Yeah, he he was he was a good storyteller. All right, uh, a good uh, time. Are you uh, yawning? Is that just me and me on? 
Yeah, they're contagious, brother. It gross. We just like breathed the same breath through the fucking like <laughs> just yawned into my mouth. <laughs> you know, if you got, I think like they say, if you breathe, any breath you take has at least one atom of like recycled air that Napoleon breathed, breathed, or Caesar. So Julius Caesar. Why, why that one person? Why, why, was that guy breathing a lot? No, it's just like there's that many atoms. Like in, so that could have been anything. Could be an atom for anybody. Like we're just could be breathing. Michael Jackson. I yeah, could have been you, breathing in Michael Jackson's air. Yeah, we're breathing in everyone's air. That's pretty cool to think about, though. Yeah, I one, wonder if you could test like before you breathe. Before you. Into, I mean, everything we all water. Like, you think we could catch air somewhere in a random place? And dude, then let's test go it? air hunting. Let's go air hunting and then test it for. <laughs> We've Julius this Caesar's is, DNA. This is, and then we then we just find out like yo, I got Beyonce's there, and then just sell that shit for like <laughs> two million. Yeah, yeah. You want a piece of bread beyond the same breath that Beyonce took? Certificate of authenticity, like yeah. This is <laughs> the Adam, Beyonce's the heir. one Adam that that is connected to her fa- family of ancestry. Yeah, if there was a way to prove it, people would buy it. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I wonder how much it would probably go for, like at least two mil. A cool two mil. And a low. I'm lowballing that one, too. All, All right, right. Let's end it. All right. Love you, Phil. Thanks, Phil, buddy. thank you for coming on, Philip. Um, Capodoro. Capodora. Phil Capodora. Joe Rizzo. Joey Toro. Three Italians? Three Italians. A lot of meatballs. None of Parmesan. So much gabagol. Gabagol. <laughs> so much gabagol. I'm going to kick in the brajol. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>